0: Good evening, this is Patrick Donahue. Appreciate you listening every week at this same time to Bible Crossfire. We've been talking the last two or three weeks about the Bible being our guidebook in Christianity. The Bible is the Christian's rulebook, you might say. You're talking about playing baseball. It's governed by a baseball rulebook. If you think about it, if you're not following the baseball rulebook, you're not really playing baseball, are you? Well, it's the same way with Christianity. The Bible is the rulebook for Christianity. And if you're not following the rulebook for Christianity, the Bible, you're not really practicing Christianity, are you? So we've been going through some topics demonstrating that a lot of preachers and churches are not following the Bible. They're not following the rule book for Christianity. I think some of you know that, but you're not willing to admit, therefore, they're not practicing Christianity. But if you're not following the rule book for baseball, you're not really playing baseball. If you're not following the rule book for Christianity, the Bible, you're not really practicing Christianity. We were talking toward the end of the program last time about this idea that some will compromise The Bible clearly teaches you have to believe in Jesus to be saved, and most preachers will preach it that way, but when the rubber meets the road, they'll compromise it. Perhaps the most famous preacher of our generation, Billy Graham, well, when I was a a teenager in high school and college, you could turn on the TV just about every Friday night and hear him preaching on uh, on the TV, perhaps in a big, large stadium would be his live audience, and Every sermon, he talked about how you had to accept Christ to be saved. You had to believe in Christ to be saved. But he compromised. In an interview with Robert Shuler, another famous preacher, who I'm pretty confident agreed with this, Billy Graham said this in 1997. I can send you these quotes if you want me to. Here's what Billy Graham said. And this is written in a magazine. He says, whether they come from the Muslim world or the Buddhist world, or the Christian world, or the non-believing world. They are members of the body of Christ because they've been called by God. They may not even know the name of Jesus, but they know in their hearts they need something that they don't have, and they turn to the only light they have, and I think they're saved. They're going to be with us in heaven. So Billy Graham was put on the pressure cooker. You say you got to believe in Christ to be saved. You preach that Over and over and over again. But what about the Jews and Muslims? They don't believe in Christ. He even said not only would the Jews and Muslims be saved, but the Buddhists would be saved as long as they were faithful to the religion that they're in. That's what Billy Graham said. He compromised. He said you don't really have to believe in Jesus to be saved. Shannon from Washington. Go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Hi there. Hey, go ahead.
1: Uh, Okay. So my question is, is I've been a a practicing Christian, um, for about 30 years now and I've been married for 30 years. The same one, the same woman raised two kids and self-employed. And, you know, I, I believe I have a relationship with Christ. I spend my time in Bible at night with the the Lord and, and, uh, that's by myself and to go to church and, do all the things you know that a Christian is supposed to do, but I do it out of the heart. But I've been an addict for 30 years, and I want to know because it's just been driving me crazy lately, and it's it's really wearing on me. And I I've tried quitting many times and have been successful a few times, but right now, you know, I'm still I'm still you know using. Yet I believe. Without a doubt I'm saved and I always have thought that way. But being that sometimes I hear preachers talk on oh, you know, if you're 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 not being obedient in certain areas and you're committing the same sin over and over, then you're a false Christian. You're not and I don't want to be standing before him that day and him telling me he doesn't know me. So I didn't for some reason. Okay. First
0: 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, Paul said, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. This is why Christians should stay away from drugs, any kind of drugs, alcohol, even smoking, nicotine, because you can become addicted to these things. And he says, I will not be brought under the power of any. Now, Philippians 4.13 says, Paul said, I can do all things, do all things through Christ, things which strengtheneth me. So through Christ, we can overcome these addictions, and we have to. You mentioned, well, do you really have to obey God or Jesus to be saved? And, mm-hmm. and of course, in this, we're applying it to uh, drugs, and, well, it would apply to anything. But Hebrews 5.9, talking about Christ, it says, in being made perfect, he became the author of, of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Now, Shannon, what that means is, is that if we don't obey Christ, we won't be saved by the death of Christ. He's the author or the source of our salvation. So, just because we have to obey Him, that doesn't make us the source. He's going to be the source, but we're not going to receive salvation from the source—eternal salvation unless we obey him. Matthew seven twenty one says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my father, which is in heaven. So Shannon, the Bible makes it clear. Dozens and dozens of passages say you have to be obedient to Christ, to God in order to be saved. Does that answer mm-hmm. your question? Uh, that answers uh, my question as far as uh,
1: you telling me that I'm not saved now, That I don't I don't think that – I just don't believe that I'm not saved.
0: Tim from Iowa, go ahead with the Bible question or comment, please. Uh, yeah, first of all, I'll have to,
2: if I could, listen to you on the telephone. Now, what I'm going to ask is uh, something's is probably nobody wants to talk about, you know. Uh, I see all these kids being born. Their so-called parents are not married. By the way, Don, how you doing? <laughs> okay. Anyway, their their parents are not married. And uh, the Bible has a word for them. I mean, I'm sure you know what it is. And uh, that's something that nobody will ever say anymore.
0: You mean illegitimate?
2: Offender, huh?
0: Illegitimate? No, it begins with a B. Yeah. Well, we don't want to say ugly words. And so instead, we can say the same thing, something with the same meaning, but not be a bad word. But. But your, your 1 Corinthians 7, verse 2 would govern us here. It says, nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. Now, yeah. I run into a lot of people. I do a lot of studies, and I run into a, quite a number of people. They go to church. They think of themselves as Christians, but they're not married. They're in a, you know, quote, a husband and wife kind of relationship. I should say male and female because they're not husband and wife. They're living together. They're, we call it used to call it shacking up but they're not married, they think it's okay. The church they worship with thinks it's okay. As a matter of fact, yeah. I think probably the great majority of churches across America have people in there that are considered to be faithful members, and they just te- they teach that they're okay, even though they're not married. huh? So, yeah, when I was growing up, sex outside of marriage was considered to be a sin, but most churches have compromised on that. You're right. Well, my,
2: that's not really my question. My question is, in the Bible— they do call the kids like that or with the letter b, with, begins with the letter b that's what it says in the Bible
0: uh, it don't I don't, say it, really I don't think that word is ever used in the King James version, oh, really? but it does say this. it says this okay. here's how that where is okay. it in first Corinthians seven14 it's talking about whether or not it's legitimate for a, a Christian to be married to a non-christian it, it, and, and this is assuming that it's a sin to marry a non christian which the Bible teaches that in 1 Corinthians 9. But the question is if it's sin, a sin to marry him, then does that mean your marriage is unscriptural if you're already married to him? He says, No, stay married to him. Verses 12 and 13. Verse 14 says, For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now they are holy. So he's saying, if you weren't really married, in the case of the Christian and the non Christian being married, said, if it weren't really a valid marriage, your children would be, the footnote says, illegitimate. They would be unclean. That's how the Bible puts it. He says they're not unclean. And that should clue you into the fact that you really are married and you have to stay together. Even though you sinned when you married that person, that non-Christian, that marriage now is valid. God is going to, you're going to have to live with the bad choice that you made, is the way we could put that from God's perspective. He says it's not, an invalid marriage, else your children would be unclean, is how the King James puts it, or illegitimate.
2: Well, what I'm talking about is neither one are married when they have a kid. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. I just thought, uh, where does that word come from? It begins well, with a B. Tim, you're, to what
0: you're really right, doing right now is love you, but you're just trying to shock everybody with a word. It has nothing really to do with trying to find the truth and practice the truth. Shannon, you got some more yeah. questions you'd like to ask? You got to
1: follow. Um, well, I, I I guess what I want to say is is that I I have been you know I've quit using many times through the strength of God, but I keep failing and going back to it.
0: Yeah. And and I understand. And so where you when you, you tell me wrong. that you it's know hard. when you it's tell hard. me
1: that you tell me that I'm 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 basically if I'm not being obedient that that means I'm not a Christian and that's what I feel like you're saying anyway. I mean, don't take it wrong. I don't only take it the wrong way. You no know, There's but
0: this. There's this old joke, the person Uh who says it's easy in nicotine is probably the most addictive drug out there, but it says it's easy to quit smoking. (laughs) It's easy to quit smoking. I've done it 500 times. That's the joke. So, yes, people try hard to quit nicotine, other drugs, and they find it hard. But all I'm saying is if you want to go to heaven, only those who obey Christ are going to receive eternal salvation. According to Hebrews 5, 9, it's not me trying to make you feel a certain way. I'm just reading you the verses in the Bible.
1: What about Paul that, takes, that says, "I do"? Why do I do the things I do and not do the things I should do? You know, so in and Romans, the, flesh and the spirit is battling with each other. Yeah, right. You know,
0: that's it. So we're always going to have the battle. But he says in verse 25 of Romans 7, that's where he's talking about this. For, for verse 19, he says, "For the good that I would do, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do." So he's talking about the battle. And in verse 25, he says, "I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord." So then with the mind, I serve the law of Christ, but with the flesh, the law of sin. But he says, oh, wretched man, who, verse 24, who shall deliver me from this body of death? And so uh-huh. and so. There's no doubt there's a struggle with any sin. You can. That's what I
1: feel no. like. I'm just in a struggle yeah. like you would not believe, and it's just a horrifying place to be. But the only thing is the spirit in me wants to overcome, but the flesh is like yeah. it's kicking my butt. And I just okay. am like so wore out on it, and I want, I want to be delivered, and I've tried, and it's like – and I've quit many times, but I go back to it again. And so then I think, oh, okay, so I guess that grace means nothing to me. I'm just going to go to hell.
0: So Shannon, why don't, why don't you, do, you got, you got to keep trying, keep reading and study your Bible because Romans 1 says the power of the gospel, the power of mm-hmm. God unto salvation is the gospel. So the mm-hmm. more we read and study the Bible, the, the persuasive, uh, nature of the gospel will work on our heart. And it'll help us to quit these kind of mm-hmm. sins, these kind mm-hmm. of sins. We got to, tr- okay. we got to trust in the Lord and and keep trying, Shannon, and we'll be pulling for you. We'll be praying for you, okay?
1: Hey, I, appreciate, I appreciate your time. And you, you, Thanks for you your call, Shannon.
0: Help me. All right, have, All right. A, have a nice day. See you later. Bye. Andrew from Kansas, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please.
3: Hey, yeah, we, I was just listening to conversation with uh, Shannon, and kind of in the same boat, only a little different. And like you, what you said, trust in the Lord. Um, but when we, we we hear that and we kind of dismiss it, but when we really think about it, it's a lot like having a spouse. You ask them to take out the bathroom trash, and yet you're always looking to see if they took the bathroom trash out because you don't really trust that they're going to take that trash out. And so when we throw, we do everything we can to throw our faith into the Lord, and we trust that regardless of how we feel and what we think, we can be delivered from whatever afflictions may ail us as long as we trust completely in the Lord. And that, in and of itself, is the most difficult thing to overcome. Is not only that's when we find that we start trusting the Lord. Then that's when we see that uh, Scripture really starts to pop out. We really start to understand it, and the Holy Spirit really reveals things to us.
0: Andrew, I was uh, your your call and talking about trust reminds me of perhaps my favorite hymn. Have you were you do you have you ever sung the hymn? Perhaps where you go to church, trust and obey that hymn. Yeah, trust and obey. Basically, the song, if you go through it, teaches to be pleasing to Jesus. You got to trust and obey. You got to trust Him, and you have to obey Him. That's the point we were making with Shannon. I'm looking at Second Thessalonians chapter one, verse eight. This this verse fits that hymn so well. It says, talking about God, it says, "In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction." from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. So if we want to avoid this flaming fire vengeance, this would be H-E-L-L, obviously. This everlasting destruction, it says you got to do two things. you got to know God, which is equivalent to trusting, what, what you're talking about, Andrew. Trust God, believing in God. You know God, you trust him, and you have to obey the gospel. So you have to trust him, and you have to obey the gospel. And what I was pointing out, you're talking about, Listening to God. You listen to God and the way he talks to us is the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans ten seventeen. The power of God in the salvation is the gospel. Romans one sixteen. So the power that you're going to have to quit some particular sin and it could be fornication or it could be drugs. And they say a person could get almost, it's almost like they get hooked on fornication. It's not quite the same thing as a literal addiction but people get into a, into a position where it's really hard for them to quit. Well, They have to trust God, listen to the word of God, the powers in the word. Ephesians 6, 17 says this, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. So the sword is the tool that a soldier used before we had guns. The soldier, a tool would use, excuse me, the tool a soldier would use to to defend himself or attack his enemy. So when it says the sword of the spirit is the word of God, it's saying the tool the Holy Spirit uses is the word of God. The Holy Spirit's job is to convict, convict and convert us to convict us of our sin and converse, convict us of our sin. If we're hooked on drugs, that's the Holy spirit's job. But what tool does he use? The word of God, Ephesians six seventeen says follow up, Andrew. I was just going to say, and if we follow, if we follow through with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we try
3: to understand what exactly Christ did when he hung on that cross and how much he loved every single one of us, because he was dying for me. He was dying for you. And if, if, I could go to some more outlandish things, but let's not, but if we do, if we can understand that he loves us and the things that he does in order to have a relationship with us, it will help us to step out in trust. Because, uh, like I said, when we say trust, it's a, it's a small thing, but really, when you, when you think about it, uh, how many people step out every day, not worrying about what's going to take place during the day, because you trust that the Lord is going to deliver you, um, uh, I believe it's uh, Romans 1, verse 3, I think. Rejoice. counted all joy when you encounter various trials and tribulations.
0: Um, you James, can help me James out with that. I think. Instead of Romans, James. it's James 1. James 1. James 1. And, yeah, that's James 1, that 2, and 3. Here. Knowing this, at the trying of your faith worketh patience. So Andrew's exactly right. You trust God, and he can help you. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. But the bottom line is we're going to have to obey the truth. 1 Peter one twenty two says, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. So your soul's not going to be purified from for, from sin unless you obey. And it can't be obeying false doctrine. It's got to be obeying the truth, not false doctrine. Tim, you got any other Bible questions or comments before we go off the air? I mean, yeah, I Don, I mean, talking
2: to me. go ahead. Yeah, okay, here. My whole point is if they use that word more, Maybe to cut down on that stuff because it's all over and the second thing is I'm pretty sure we no,
0: we're, we we're, love you but we're wasting time talking about okay. a particular word what we need to be doing is teaching people that okay. they don't they can't live together and if they do that don't repent they're going to be lost instead of trying to talk about a particular bad word just to try to shock people Andrew, any follow- up love the Lord walking and the more you love him the more
3: you're going to want to walk in his ways and the more he'll reveal himself and the stronger you'll get.
0: Okay. Thank you for your call, Andrew. Appreciate it. And so we're talking about, but will it, but Billy Graham said and how he, you know, you would think he would, if anybody t- would believe that you got to believe in Jesus to be saved, it would be Billy Graham. But you see what he said, uh, in the, to in the interview with Robert Schuler. and then in McCall's magazine in January, 1978, Billy Graham said this, I used to believe that pagans in far off countries were lost, were going to H-E-L-L if they did not have the gospel of Christ preached to them. He used to believe that. Of course, that's the truth. He said, I no longer believe that. I believe that there are other ways of recognizing the existence of God through nature, for instance, and plenty of other opportunities, therefore, of saying yes to God. So Billy Graham is compromising. He's saying that, oh, you don't really have to believe in Jesus to be saved. If you're a Muslim or a Jew or a Buddhist, as long as you're faithful to your religion, you'll be saved. But here's what Jesus said in John 14, verse 6. Jesus saith, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now that verse is clear, not ambiguous at all. You can't mistake the meaning. You got to go through Christ to get to the Father, to go to heaven. Jesus said it also, John 8, 24, I said, you shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your, he- your sins. That's very clear. Unless you believe in Jesus, you're going to die in your sins. So we love the Jews and Muslims and Buddhists, but they don't believe in Jesus Christ. So there's no way they can be saved. They have to believe the gospel. They have to believe in Jesus to be saved. Now, let's think about that. Is Billy Graham, when he says these things, of course he's passed away now, when he says you don't have to believe in Jesus to be saved, is he really using the Bible as his rule book? No, he's not. So even Billy Graham, the champion Baptist preacher, did not use the Bible as his rule book. And if you're not using the rule book for Christianity, you're not really practicing Christianity. So the conclusion is that Billy Graham was not really preaching and practicing Christianity. He was preaching the religion of Billy Graham. Not Christianity, not the religion of the Bible, because he said you can go to heaven without believing in Jesus, and Jesus says you can't go to heaven without believing in him. So he wasn't preaching what Jesus said. That's not Christianity. Again, that's just the religion of Billy Graham. It's not the religion of Christ, Jesus Christ. Here's what the Bible says about faith only, and Billy Graham would have taught faith only. He would have said all you got to do is believe in Jesus to be saved. He was go- it was good that he said you had to believe in Jesus to be saved, when he was preaching from the pulpit, though he denied it in interviews in the magazines. But he taught you could be saved by faith only. But James 2.24 says, you see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. In a lot of churches, though, teachers say by faith only. For example, the Methodist church, Creed book says, wherefore that we are justified, justified by faith only is a most wholesome doctrine and very full of comfort. So the Methodist church says we're saved by faith only, justified by faith only. But James 2.24 says we're not justified by faith only. So these churches, like the Methodist church and the Baptist church that teach you're saved by faith only, are they using the Bible as their rule book? No, they're not. And if you don't use the rule book for Christianity, you're not really practicing Christianity. That's pretty simple. I know it sounds pretty serious, but it's pretty simple. Here's what the Bible says about who should be baptized. Uh, Well, let's talk about the form or action of baptism first. Romans 6 verse 4 says this, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So we're buried with Christ in baptism. That would mean immersion. But the Catholic Church, it says... According to a Catholic book, it says they at one time practice immersion. This was up to the 13th century. The Council of Ravenna in 1311 changed the form from immersion to pouring. And the Methodist discipline, Creed book says let every person have the choice of sprinkling, pouring, or immersion. So the Bible says baptism is a burial. The Catholic church and the Methodist church say sprinkling and pouring is okay. They're not really using the rule book for Christianity, so they're not really practicing Christianity. What about who should be baptized? Acts 8, 36 and 37. And as they went on their way, they came into a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. Mayest what? Be baptized. So, in other words, he's saying, If you don't believe, you can't be baptized. You may not be baptized. Yet, we have a lot of churches that baptize babies, or at least they call it that. They're not believers. Are they really following the Bible? Are they really following the rule book for Christianity when it says you got to be a believer to be baptized? And all these churches say, oh, no, you don't. They're not following the rule book for Christianity. Therefore, they're not really practicing Christianity. 2 John 9 says, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. So churches that practice sprinkling infants for baptism or teach faith-only salvation or teach you can be saved without believing in Christ or don't stand for the truth on divorce and remarriage or allow women preachers or uh, uh, are in favor of gay marriage, they're not abiding in the teaching of Christ. Therefore, they don't have God and you can't go to heaven without God. Therefore, they're not going to be saved. If you would like to have a free one-hour phone Bible study with me sometime at your convenience, call or text me 256-682-9753. 256-682-9753. If you would like a free one-hour phone Bible study with me sometime at your convenience.